Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. One of the enduring challenges for religious groups around the world is simply getting some kind of formal status with the local government. Well, the European Court of Human Rights recently decided a very important case, and here to discuss it is my friend and colleague, Attorney Karnik Zygmetsian, General Counsel for the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, Karnik. Thank you, Alan. Good to be back with you. So tell us about the situation in Turkey that the court, the European court, issued its ruling in. Well, the Seventh-day Adventist Church has been present in Turkey for almost 100 years now. However, has never had any official recognition with the government of Turkey. And so in uh, in 2004, a number of the uh, church members in Turkey got together with the desire to establish a foundation which would provide the Seventh-day Avenue Church in Turkey with official recognition with the government, allowing them to meet without uh, fear of um, attack by the government or to uh, to publish materials or to distribute materials to own houses of worship, etc. And so they um, they attempted to establish this foundation and uh, were denied. Interesting. The, now, they were denied, you know, the government in Turkey has kind of gone through a transition from being much more secular to being much more oriented towards Islam and favorable towards Islam. At what point was the foundation initially denied status? Was it still when the government was at least officially more secular and neutral towards religion? Yes, we're going back now 14 years. Um from the time that uh, the request for this foundation was uh, was made to the government until the ruling came out last week. Um, in um, At the time in 2004, when these six individuals attempted to register the foundation, um, in their founding documents, they indicated that the purpose of the foundation uh, was to meet the religious needs of Seventh-day Adventist believers. And the government took that to um, to be in contravention of their civil code, which were specifically prohibited the creation of foundations whose purpose was to support members of a specific community. Uh, this, the individuals felt, was discriminatory because uh, other foundations were had been established and approved in the past, um, which had their main purpose, the assistance to or of Muslim adherents. And so they filed uh, an appeal in front of courts, which was uh, denied. It was appealed beyond that to the next level. And again, it was denied upholding the um, the ruling of the government to deny the establishment of the foundation. And, and the benefit of a foundation is to legally function in a particular country to be recognized by the government as a proper legal entity, allowing for 
the public gathering, individuals, the ownership of property, the distribution of materials, etc. So let me ask, in the absence of um, the foundation, how was church property, uh, how was title held to church property? Well, there has not been any uh, property held in the name of the church. Uh, any property that existed uh, was held in the names of individuals. And those well, individuals then would allow uh, church members to gather and worship in those facilities. That seems to me to be an inherently very risky proposition, because what happens if an individual then decides, hmm, I'm not so happy about this particular church anymore, and, uh, you know, I don't want the church meeting here. It's my property. Well, that's the exact problem the church faced in Istanbul. Uh, we had property that was in the name of an individual who passed away before being able to transfer the property, and his children then maintained ownership or claim to uh, to that property, challenging the church's claim of uh, of ownership. And so we have been in litigation for the last 40-odd years over that piece of property in, in this temple, quite a valuable piece of property. And so these in the members, in, uh, in consultation with the church leadership in that area, decided to move forward in establishing a foundation so that any subsequent purchases of property could be in the legal name of this foundation. Did you say that the lawsuit over the property in Istanbul has been going on for 40 years? The lawsuit had not been going on for 40 years, but the attempt to have the property transferred to the Seventh Avenue Church had been going on since the mid-1960s. Wow. However, not having a legal presence in the country was causing problems in making the transfer of the property to the Seventh Avenue Church. There were other issues involved, but the litigation actually over the uh, over the property has been going on for about the last uh, five or six years. And meanwhile, you said that this um, lawsuit over the establishment of the foundation that really goes back 14 years uh, to 2004. And then I gather it was finally appealed after the church exhausted appeals in Turkey. It was appealed to the European Court of Human Rights. Is that correct? That's correct. It was appealed to the European Court of Human Rights in 2007 or 8 and has been sitting there waiting for its turn uh, to be heard. So it took like 10 years for the European court to finally decide the question and rule in favor of the church? It took 10 years for the matter to come before uh, before the European Court of Human Rights, correct? Wow. Wow. Talk about justice delayed, but it was a good outcome. Tell us about the ruling. It was a very good outcome. Uh, the, uh, the court reviewed the reasons why the denial on the part of the Turkish authorities had occurred. Um, recognized that there were other organizations, other foundations that had been established with similar narrow purposes to assist the uh, individuals or members of a particular faith and felt that this was discrimination going on against a particular group of individuals. They denied the government's um, claims that the law was designed to... um, to not allow foundations 
that supported the members of a given community of these individuals who had established this foundation. And in addition to this favorable ruling, they also issued an order for costs, uh, not a large order, but uh, to the tune of about uh, 8,000 euros on behalf of these individuals. So I suppose Turkey then is expected to uh, to implement the decision. I hope it doesn't take them 10 years to comply with it. This is something we are still in the process of studying, um, not uh, being sure what the outcome of this case was going to be. Um, we moved forward four years ago in establishing another foundation with uh, more general objects, and that was allowed by uh, the Turkish government. So we did establish a foundation uh, with modified objects to this particular one and, um, and have been functioning under that foundation now for the last oh, just over three years. I see. Well, you know, I, I thought it's, you know, kind of ironic. You know, it seems like a modest request to simply want to serve those of your own people if, if a church tried to, um, you know, establish a foundation based on the great commission of, of uh, you know, Matthew, the gospel commission, and say, you know, our our purpose is to preach the gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Um, uh, I would think that uh, the government of Turkey would really look askance at, at uh, an overtly proselytizing uh, foundation. Uh, and this one was far more modest in scope and simply uh, trying to say, you know, we, we have members here and, and we'd like to be able to, to serve them. Well, remember, we're dealing with a Muslim country that has become uh, more conservative in its uh, in its leadership and policies. Sure. Uh, and that has made it even more difficult. Um, houses of prayer, as churches are known in Turkey, are all owned by the government. There are no houses of prayer that are owned privately by by denominations, and and these places are uh, supported and kept up by by the government. Um, most recently, the uh, Armenian Orthodox Church was given access to uh, a number of their properties, um, and once once a property is declared a house of uh, a house of prayer or a house of worship, then the government. Uh, supports and maintains that, including all the upkeep that's required. So, and you partly answered the question I was going to ask. So, Turkey is now maintaining uh, Armenian Orthodox churches. Of course, that's uh, very much part of the historic uh, traditions there in Turkey. Um, are they also maintaining any houses of prayer for, say, Baptists or uh, Pentecostals or, or anyone else that's not really associated with uh, with you know the Turkish tradition. Not that I'm aware of. I think there are some uh, Catholic churches, uh, obviously some Armenian Orthodox churches. I'm not aware of any uh, Protestant, um, Baptist, or any other denominations who have property that is being maintained. Um, there are church properties that the Adventist Church uses that belong to other faiths, um, but with permission, they're able to use them on, on their day of worship, Saturday. And we now have uh, two properties 
one in Istanbul and one in Izmir, that the um, that the Seventh Day Adventist Church now owns outright, where uh, members uh, gather for worship services. And are these properties, are they more like um, homes, or are they more like what we would think of in, in the United States uh, as uh, a sanctuary? No, two of them are um, actual church structures. Um, one of them is located in uh, in a condominium complex, but the interior has been outfitted as a church. But it is in a in a commercial commercial building. Well, I would think that this kind of issue um, would be very significant for Turkey's relationship with Europe. Now, remind me, I know there's been a lot of debate over whether Turkey should be admitted to the European Union, and this case went to the European Court of Human Rights, but I was not aware that Turkey had yet been formally accepted in the European Union. Can you update me on that? Yes, Turkey is not a member of the European Union, and they have tried for years to um, gain entry. They have been negotiating with the European Union uh, for, uh, for membership. Um, however, there has been uh, some uh, reluctance on the part of the European community to allow Turkey uh, because of their uh, positions on uh, freedom of religion, because of their um, human rights uh, records, and, and and so they've not uh, they've not been able to uh, to secure membership as yet. Right. Okay. This has been a, a fascinating discussion of religious freedom or lack thereof in Turkey and the registration of a religious group, the Seventh-day Adventists in Turkey. Thank you, Karnak Tukmetsin, for being our guest today. And as we close, don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association producer of Freedom's Ring on the web at religiousliberty.info. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinoff. Until next week, let freedom ring.